0: we're back with part 2 of Katrina's interview. Let's jump straight into it where we left off last week. Well, and another, you know, gem that you said earlier in the interview was learning to say no. I am atrocious at learning to say no and it's really something I've had to work on. Um And one of my biggest things with the particularly moving to a family farm was being a people pleaser. Uh You know, you cannot please everybody, whether that is, you know, your immediate family and circle or whether that's everyone else. But if you have confidence um, within yourself, if you are happy within yourself, then that outflows. And so the more we internalise sort of that side, the less we have to worry about the rest. (sighs) Oh my
1: goodness, so true. We just did a whole episode on my spreading the good stuff podcast, actually. So I've got two podcasts, but one of the ones I do with a couple of friends, and it's called The Art of Saying No, and it's just everything. Like it really becomes so so important. And there's like there's this. The other thing is yes, there's this people pleaser. Like often women in rural areas are people pleasers. Yeah, yeah that's true. people pleasing can come a little bit from like you know there's this. Country code idea you know that we and and because this society tells us and the kind of the norm is to be doing everything and be the perfect wife, mother, you know partner, you know contributor to the community and do all the things, then society tells us that we're failing if we're not doing all of that, and that there's something wrong with you, and then other people judge you if you don't if you start to say no and you don't do all the things, there's judgment from other people because it's like oh you're breaking the code even though they're probably desperate to say no themselves and wishing they had the strength to say no they they, they can, get, that can manifest in them as judgment because they're actually quite envious that you're able to do it. It's like, come on, we've got to stick to the code. So, yes. But the thing is, that's actually the powerful thing about saying no is when you say no, you give permission for other women to do it too. So, you know, it's actually really, really cool. And it's hard. It's really hard to say no. And, it's, you know, we all said on the podcast too, we're all a work in progress on this and constantly having to, you know, <sighs> work at it. But, yeah, it's it's. The more you do it, the easier it gets as well.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think the one of the easiest phrases I learnt to start implementing that was not right now. So instead of because I felt the word no was too powerful or I would think about, you know, all the different connotations of how that could have been interpreted. So then moving it into a softer, longer sentence for me made me feel better about it because I wasn't just – I didn't feel like I was reprimanding someone or having the negative connotations around that. So I can't do that right now. Thank you for thinking of me. I'll try and get back to that at another time. Like it lengthens it, it softens it. I was feeling better about the terminology, which was making it easier to say. I was still clearing the space. I was still setting up boundaries. And I guess that's something we also touched on earlier in the interview is boundary setting, whether that is for ourselves or for the farm. How have you found setting up, you know, boundaries for, you know, yourself in your practices and then your family and the farm going outwards?
1: Yeah. Well, again, it's as important to saying no, really, having those boundaries or just being clear about, yeah. I guess that also starts from you know knowing what your values are first and what's important to you and what your priorities are, and then you kind of use your values as your guide rails. Then, so you can look and go, like Brene Brown talks about this. You know, your your values are your bumper rails, so you use them as like, oh, okay, well that doesn't align with what I really want to be doing, so that's a no, or you know, that's not important to me. That's kind of a, a bigger bigger picture, but then day to day. For me, it's around having just like clear routines for myself so that I can structure my day in a way that sets me up for success, like having a really good, you know, magic morning routine and setting myself up in the mornings and then, you know, when the kids get home from school, computers away, phones away, work stops, you know, have that time with them. You know, the tech one, I ebb and flow on, like sometimes I'm really good, but I go through stages where I'm like, oh my God, I'm addicted to Instagram again. How did that happen? All of a sudden, I've spiraled. Okay, stop, need to have those boundaries in place. Like those sort of things are really, really important. And just boundaries around your time, you know, and don't answer the phone after a certain time, don't text people back, don't check emails after a certain time, all of those little things that, you know, really help you to show up for what's important for you and to keep your energy up, you know. And if you set those standards, then people just fall into place with that. You know, if you're answering emails at 9 o'clock at night and things like that, then that's what people expect of you. Yeah. And you know, it, and this goes for Tim as farmers as well. Farmers have to have boundaries around how much they're outside working because the work never ends. You, and Tim always says this: you could just you could work twenty four hours a day for the rest of your life and you would never get it all done. Yeah. So you have to prioritize and you have to make choices. And you know, Tim comes into the assemblies and he's he's really good at time management. That's what I've noticed about him. I'm not sure whether that comes from having worked in a vet practice previously and and that kind of thing, or whether it, he's a very He's a very clear thinker, so he's able to make good decisions and be very clear about that. But I think, yeah, there's again, so for women there's a country code around all the things that we should do, but there's also a culture for men around you've got to be out working as soon as the sun's up till as soon as the sun's down. And if you're not working really, really, really hard, then what are you doing with your life? So there is that culture in for, for men as well for sure. And, again, it's just about prioritising what's important. Do I want to look back and think, well, I just worked my backside off and I never saw my kids? And, you know, making those, being really aware and making those hard choices for yourself. And also, again, you know, you doing it gives permission for other people to do it. And that's really, you know, like it's actually really lovely to see dads, you know, pick up and drop off for daycare and all that kind of stuff. And I'm seeing more and more of that now. Like it's so good. There's heaps of men, because we're not at daycare drop-offs anymore, but there's lots of young blokes getting around with their kids. And I'm like, that's so good. It's getting better, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, because the work never ends. So you have to put those boundaries in place for yourself. You've got to just say, well, I'm not going to work after this time. And what doesn't get done today will get done tomorrow. But it's, it's all up to you at the end of the day because it, the work will never end, as we know. Yeah.
0: Before we continue with today's episode, I'd like to give a shout-out to Thermomix. Thermomix is one of those investments that are timeless and really help produce a happy, healthy family here on farm. A Thermomix can make healthy, nutritious foods from scratch. And whether you're baking, creating comfort food, juices, even cocktails or dinners, the Thermomix can help you and your family. What is Thermomixing? It's cooking whatever you want to cook. It's cooking without being able to cook. It's cooking something you've never been able to cook, like this. Or this. Or that. It's having thousands of recipes at your fingertips. It's whipping up espresso martinis for a hot date. Making seafood chowder for the boys. Or healthy meals from whatever's in the fridge. Even that? It's being part of a community. It's being connected to experts. It's saving time. It's stepping up. It's creating meals from scratch. It's having your family look at you and say. Wow. By letting you be the cook you've always wanted to be. At the flick of a smart switch. We don't cook. We, we don't, don't it. Family. Now let's get back to today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly around that work, I mean, we, we were going, oh, we have two properties so sometimes you know we travel on dawn and dusk between places and we're like oh we're really struggling you know to offload at the other property because you know something we had to fix a leaking trough before we left one place to go to the other so we're like right we'll invest in some infrastructure for the yards and we'll put lights in Uh so yep that's benefiting on one end but now we've got lights in the yards so then we're like, There's oh, no we limits. Don't, we don't have to stop <laughs> if we don't need to. And then, so it's yeah. like, yeah, barriers. Yep, we have to stop.
1: <laughs> we will get right. the
0: next mob in, you know, the day after or or whenever we get to, back down to the yards. But it doesn't, yeah, 100% could just continue working around the clock if we needed to. But hmm. what what are we working for, I think, is well, another reminder that we come back to. We've, we have chosen the farming life for a reason we are still here for a reason what is that Um, because if we're saying it's for our kids if we're saying it's for the lifestyle then what does that lifestyle look like because if we're not addressing that lifestyle um, and we still picture it as that or as that as the goal how do we get there without setting boundaries and how do we get there without saying not right now so Mm. I think I really like that
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that too. So true. And then also knowing that there's seasons, yeah. like there's farming seasons, there's life seasons, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I think about that too before, like when you're in the trenches with little babies, this stuff's harder, and you just have to have a lot of self compassion. And then I think, you know, if you're working your backside off on the farm all year round and there's never a break, then it's time to go. Well, hang on a minute. This, this, this is too much. You know, well, have, if you want to, it's a choice again. But for us, like we accept and we know, and we're really good at communicating around. Okay. During harvest, it's just you've got to just go, you know. Like, But if it's like that all the time, then there's a problem, I think, and that's when you can lead to burnout because you cannot sustain that level of energy and work and all of that forever. And that's when, yeah, you've got to be looking at, okay, what's really going on here, I think. It's, it's important. But, yeah, it's hard to do for a lot of people. It's really hard. Still acknowledge yes. that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And one of the, you know, the key things I talk about with people within my community is how do you stop? Mm. How do you get away? Like, what what are the tools in your t- head? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my mic's multi-directional. <laughs> Thank you for bringing her back. <laughs> you getting out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I never lost my train of thought. How do you stop? And how do you how get do you, away? Yeah. Mm. How do you? stop what's going on the farm, or what are the tools to make sure the farm keeps going but you and Tim and the kids can get away? What does that look like and how do you do it?
1: Mm. Okay, so getting really good people in place. And I guess everybody's farm sizes are different and it depends where you're at, but we have been very fortunate. And actually, we've made a really conscious effort to employ really good people and we're so lucky with our staff and so because we went on a big trip and left the farm for six months which most people would be like how on earth could you leave the farm for six months but we knew we planned it for about five years beforehand and we knew we had to get the right people in place so that we could leave it with them and so we found Steph who's the most incredible human ever, and she you know we set her up to kind of manage it while we were away, and so she was able to do that, so I think having good people with around you is really, really important, and just having the farm set up like I remember as a kid, my dad had the farm set up, so he couldn't leave like there was you know you had to sort of bend over to one side and jump and hop on your leg and touch your nose to shut the gates and you know or start the pumps or there was it was all set up, so it was really, really hard to leave, so you set it up so that you can leave. And also, like, it it is that thing again around, like, it's it's a bit your identity. Like, it's not, it's not. you don't have to, there's no status and there's no kind of award for actually being the hardest worker at the end of the day. Like, that's not what you get a badge for when you're on your deathbed, you know. It's it's not going to be what people remember. So, really prioritizing that time because it is very hard for a lot of people to sort of stop. But I think you need to question and get curious as to, well, why is it so hard for me to stop? Like, why can't I take a break? Why can't I leave the farm? And go to that next layer. Like, always be getting curious about what it is that makes you think that you need to be working 24-7 and you can't take a break. And what is it that's going on that stops you from doing that? And then, yeah, if if you can't, then then it's like, okay, well, how do I set it up? And so for us, it is just having the right staff in place setting the farm up with automation and all sorts of things so that we can leave. And then we've just been really conscious that we did not want to end up like our parents and we wanted to be able to leave the farm. Holidays are really important. We love travel, you know, and Tim's really good at switching off. Like when he's off the farm, switches off. He's really good at that, which is impressive because it's, I don't know how hard that is. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's still hard for him, but he does a really good job of it. So I think, That's really, really important as well. But just setting it up so that, you know, because I guess there's a bit of a a pride thing and, well, I'm the only one that can do this. It's like a – but in actual fact, like, again, what is that serving you, you know? Like it's not not good for you not to be able to leave the farm. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure or you're not great. You're an excellent farmer. You know, you're wonderful. And you can still go away on holidays and spend time with your family and do all those sorts of things. And I think – That's, again, about communication too because I think for both of you it's like because that can cause resentment and all sorts of challenges can come up if you're never leaving the farm. Really, really important to get away. And it doesn't have to be for that long either. One thing that I love is ask yourself, do you need a break or do you need a holiday? Because also sometimes if you've got kids, like I tell you, one night away with Tim and I by ourselves is worth about two weeks holiday with the kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It goes back to that saying a break is as good as like a change is as good as a break. <laughs> yeah. Because
1: you know, like just the, us getting off the farm together by ourselves and having one night away is like a really good refresh for us. So sometimes you don't need to go away for three weeks because actually that can sometimes cause more stress. So just be really thinking about, yeah, is it a break or a holiday that I need and what is actually going to recharge me? Um But also, if you're at the point where you're like, oh, I've got to leave the farm and I'm like, boom or bust, then, you know, I always think that kind of people are like, I'm just going to go on this retreat and fix everything. I'm just going to go on this holiday and everything will be right. It's really about making day-to-day awesome so you don't actually need a break from your real life as well, you know. So it's that
0: balance, yeah. Yeah. Balance. So I do want to go a little bit back to um, when you were saying, you know, your dad had the farm set up so that only he could do certain tasks. So if you are someone who has recently come back to the farm or if you have married a farmer and, you know, you see those practices on farm, how would you approach um, being able to change those infrastructure and, you know, habits to be able to make that more eps and flow for someone who's doing it for the first time? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is
1: really hard because... This is all about communication and I would say it's really challenging like to be the one who is going to – like it can be seen as interfering or there's all sorts of things that can come up there. So what I would say is basically like equip yourself with the skills – of leadership, to have these difficult conversations, like learn about how to approach these things, because again, like it's these things are really hard, and there are processes that work, whether it's nonviolent communication or it's doing Brene Brown work or it's learning leadership skills or it's understanding how to have difficult conversations like there's so many tools out there to learn how to approach these things, and again, do the work on yourself because it's probably going to be that's the hardest part, like there might be a bad reaction, but just know that it's not about you if that happens. Yeah. So equip yourself with the tools to sort of approach these challenges. And, and, you know, you can be a leader within that business. So I think that's what it's about. It's about if you can identify and see that there's a, there's a problem that needs addressing, if you just let that keep going, then nothing's going to change and you'll probably end up in resentment and it just, it'll just it just keep getting worse. It will just won't go away. Nothing will change. So it's really about equipping yourself with the skills to broach that challenge. And... Again, like it's that stuff's really hard. It's these day-to-day relationship details that are the the really, really hard bits, and I think we underestimate how hard those bits are. So you've just got to give yourself the skills, and it's so not easy. So don't think that it is, and
0: it's possible. I also think that you know when you're coming back to the farm or or when you are moving there for the first time, being able to like write down those crunch points when you first move on farm, even if you're not ready to raise your voice about it or ready to make changes because it may not be the season of life for you. But if you write down those, then they are a reminder that they're not the norm. Mm. that they can be benefited because I think once you start to, you've been on the farm, you know, whether you're looking at 5, 10, 20, you know, 50 years, all of a sudden something becomes normal and you don't notice it as something that perhaps needs to be changed or um, that can be made more effective and efficient. So even if writing those down um, will also help, like we've got a list on our, our fridge of things that, uh, you know if I notice down the farm I might put it on the fridge it doesn't mean it's a job we don't treat it like mm. a job list it just means that there's something if we need to address it or it's a you know a rainy day and you've got a spare few minutes whether that's you know farm work whether that's garden work whether it's you know anything little or small in within the family within the yard within the farm like they write those down because they stand out for a reason and you can't can't fix them if it's not being written down or being addressed in some some way. And if you're not ready Uh. with the tools to be able to do it or you start trying to make some changes and you do come against some pushback because there's always pushback when you're in, you know, agriculture, particularly when something is done a certain way for so long, guaranteed the first response you're going to get is no. Uh Don't take it personally. And even that takes a long time to develop, not Mm. taking something personally or a response being like, okay, that could potentially be someone projecting onto me how they're feeling because they've probably noticed the same thing and just haven't got around to it.
1: (laughs) Mm, I think that's such good advice. And always remember that not everybody's going to be doing the work. You know, you can't expect, I don't know, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, they're probably not going to do the work. Chances are, maybe they are, but a lot of people aren't going to do it. And when you're coming to these new levels of self-awareness and trying to make change and doing all these things, you just got to accept that, yeah, other people won't necessarily respond the way you would like them to and don't take it personally, but don't give up either. You know, keep trying, keep learning, learn how to work with the other people, learn the best tools for communication with them and just keep trying. I think that's such great advice is like notice it now because you do, you do, once you've been doing things, it just becomes normal, and I guess that's a nice way to approach it too. Is like if you can, it's like oh, it's not that you've been doing anything wrong. You know, it's never you don't want to like imply that they're doing it the wrong way. Like have respect as well, but just how can we make improvements? You know, and there's a lot in that learning how to approach that in that, I guess, empathetic way.
0: Yeah, and I think having grace for yourself and others as well comes into play in that. So because farms are so complicated, whether they you know are run by a head office and a company or whether they're family farms there is so much that locks in together and having the grace for yourself you know your family the worker um, you know whether you're there with your, your your parents or your in-laws everyone is everyone has finite time mm. everyone is doing trying to do something for a certain reason mm. understanding those taking the time to get there like people you I like I speak to a lot of people who have been on farm for long times and they're you know they're just starting in their late 40s early 50s to really start making the changes that they wanted to Mm. when they were in their 20s and 30s because now they are only at that point now so then you're coming in at the 20s and you're highlighting is something they're still trying to really work towards mm. um, or like the next step of progression? And that's not a bad thing, but the farm may not be ready for it. And mm. that's really hard to adjust to. But time, fair grace, time. Nothing happens immediately. And then understanding who's going to do that work. If you want a job done. Who's going to do that work? Are you going to learn the tools to do it? Do you have the time to do it? Or is someone else going to have to do it? Do you have the finances to get a third party in? Or are you going to just have to, and my husband will laugh at this, but are you going to have the patience ah. to, yeah, <laughs> to wait um, for someone else to get that job done for you? Because mm. certain jobs and priorities do need to be done first and that is, when you first move back to the farm or to the farm, understanding those priorities don't move. Mm. Um, but how do we work around that and how do we be productive within it is is big. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I should also say, like, I speak from experience here because I did not get this stuff right at the start, I have to say. Like, I did not approach mum with all of these wonderful empathetic tools, let me tell you. I was not doing it well and there was a lot of sort of, tension and I certainly learn all this stuff the hard way I think it's also interesting it's a different dynamic when you come back to like it was my farm and luckily bless Tim's heart he's like the most grounded human and he doesn't get caught up in any of that like emotional stuff he can just keep very like business clear thinking whereas I was all the baggage of like oh, my, my childhood and mum and our relationship and all of that stuff that comes into it, like I would let that really get to me so much. I'm like, oh, she doesn't love me, all of that stuff. You know, like I attached so much emotion to those early years with when, you know, in those early stages and did it all wrong, let me tell you. So I've learned all this the hard way. And the main thing that I've learned is it's all, again, the way I'm showing up to those conversations, the way I'm perceiving it, the way I'm seeing mum, it all came back to that. And when I changed that internally, it all got so much better because you can't expect the other people to change. They're probably yeah. not going to, you know. You've got to do the work. So, yeah, it's it's all of those dynamics that add to that stuff being so, so hard. So just got to keep working at it.
0: Yes.
1: Hard. Very hard. hard. Mm. It's
0: hard, but it definitely can be a thriving um. Productive environment, and we can still show up for ourselves and for our family within that um, and change make change within time
1: absolutely, and then also no if you can't you can't and sometimes you just can't and sometimes if the relationship is not going to work, you've got to make some hard decisions and again make those tough decisions and if you don't think you can work together, then you might have to make some hard decisions and don't feel like you're a failure. Like, that's another thing that we've really tried to do is not attach our sense of self-worth to how well the farm's going.
0: Yes.
1: And to be able to know that, okay, if we can't make it work, we're not failures, we can go and do something else. Like, And our identity is not our farm. And that's really hard to do because we love it here so much and we love our farm and we love what we do and Tim just loves it. And if we can't make it successful and we can't make it work – We'll make the choice to do something else. Like we're not going to let it ruin us, you know, and I think that's a really, really important thing that people need to be able to do is to, because sometimes it's just not going to work. People aren't going to change. You will not be able to work together and you've got to make those tough decisions and decide whether you want to spend the next 20 years fighting and it's just going to be awful for everybody, debilitating for you. It's just never going to work and just make those really hard decisions and that's really, really hard but also so important because I've seen so many families ruined um, by, you know, just relationships that are just never going to work and they just, you know, it's really hard. So I think making those tough decisions early on is really important as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even if, and and a lot of that is sometimes wrapped up in in pride as well, Mm -hmm. particularly if you both want to see you know, the farm succeed and the farm move, sometimes you need to get out of your own way and out of, you know, your own pride and be like, right, well, let's get a third party involved um, who's going to keep both of us on track and both of us accountable. That doesn't mean that we're not doing well as a farm. It doesn't mean we're not doing well as a family and it doesn't have to be, you know, formal support, um, but someone's got to keep you accountable. And on track, and sure. if communication or relationships are breaking down within that, grab someone else, get a third party in, get back on track. You don't have to keep them full time. You can just do your little check-ins, or once everything's good, then everything's good. Keep going with it. Um, and I really oh. loved how you said, "Don't like, don't attach, you know, who you are to the farm and its successes, because." we are individuals we are we are people um Mm. and even if if you did grow up on the farm and even if you are linked to it you know emotionally and spiritually and everything else you're still not the farm you're still Mm. a being
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely that has been crucial for us and that's you know because I saw that that's what dad that's what happened to dad his farm was his identity and you know there was so much wrapped up in that for him, and it, it was a big part of why he ended up being so depressed. And I just, I'm, I guess, I'm fearful actually of that happening to us, and so we're very conscious of it. And I think it's just really important, and that takes daily work and lots of conversations and to continue to talk about we will be okay if we can't make this work because it's tough. Like yeah. making money on a farm is pretty hard. <laughs> You know, it, it really is. Like cash flow is challenging. There's lots of things out of your control and it's really hard and you've got to be able to be able to cope with all of that. And if you can't, then you might need to do something else. And don't let it cost you your life or your mental health or your well-being or your family or any of that. Like it's just not worth it. And I think that's really important, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, we may start to wrap things up because we've had an incredible chat here and I have enjoyed it so, so much. Um, but I would like to finish up by saying, Katrina, what would be your absolute main tip, tricks and hacks or advice to someone who is moving to the farm for the first time or back to a family farm?
1: Okay, so I would say the main thing is get it all out on the table Lay out really clearly how it's all going to work, what the financial situation is, what the situation is for all the siblings, you know how everybody's going to work together. Just do all of that before you even think about moving back there. Everything has to be fully transparent. You've got to have an understanding of what the debt levels are, what your equity level are, what your borrowing capacity is, who's going to be involved, who's going to be making decisions. And, you know, who's going to be doing all the work, like all of that stuff, really clear up front. Don't just wing it because, it, like, it just probably won't go the way you think it's going to go. And if you all make assumptions about how that's going to work, it probably won't work. So I think that's – and because it's huge, to give, especially if you're, like, giving up some other type of career or, you know, your partner is or whatever, it's a massive thing. And it's once you're back there and you're in it and you've given up everything else and you're back there, it's really hard to then do that in retrospect. So, it's, But I think if you can do all that up front, then it, then you can make a really clear decision about whether it really is for you or not too, and you can see how hard it's all going to be and then make a really conscious decision about whether you can hack all of that and how it's all going to work. And I think yeah. that is so important. So, yeah. And if if we had our chats again, yeah, we would definitely do that better. <laughs>
0: but... You know. yeah. 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 No, oh, all good. Okay. She's had enough. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, there you are. That must be our cue. I've got to stop
0: that talking. She's hard. like, you talked too much, Katrina. time to be quiet. <laughs> no, I love I need that. Mum. So <laughs> I think we could definitely talk for a lot longer and deep dive into a lot more helpful tips and tricks and hacks um, and topics that are going to help people moving to the farm um so you know who knows we might even catch up further down the track and uh deep dive into some other topics but for now thank you very much for coming on here katrina for sharing your knowledge your experience your history and your story we have gotten so much out of today's episode
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. I love talking about all this stuff and I think it's so important and I cannot wait to get you on my podcast so we can continue the conversation over there. It'll be lovely. So thank you so much for having me, Katja. You're welcome. Um,
0: If you have enjoyed today's episode, then please join us as part of the Rural Mum community on Instagram or on Facebook. I'll leave a link below to anything that has been referred to in today's episode as well as the supportive link, Thermomix. Until next time, thank you for joining us on the farm and we'll see you then.